Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Brendan Escott and Cam Moon with you this, uh, what are we at, Wednesday? Yeah, we got football on the airwaves tomorrow. The Elks in Winnipeg trying to snap out of this winless streak of now 10 games overall, six in a row to start the season. Our coverage starts at 5 o'clock on 6.30. Chad, I have the countdown show along with Blake Dermott. 6.30 kickoff from IG Field in Winnipeg with Morley Scott and Dave Campbell. But right now, right now we're going to Inglewood and we're going to check in with the Forum reports John Rosen dig in on these LA Kings and what a rival they have become in the last couple of seasons with your Edmonton Oilers. John, you're on with Brendan and Cam. Appreciate the time. How's it going? Oh, it's doing great, doing great, and uh, always a pleasure to speak with uh, my Smythe Division brethren. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love to hear it. Tell me about summer in uh, in SoCal so far. Uh, like, like a lot of places, it's, it's pretty warm right now, and of course, I hope everyone's doing okay. Uh, you know, especially up in BC and some of the mountain communities, uh, you know, north and west of Edmonton. Uh, hope everyone is safe. We're following along what's going on out there as well. Um, uh, you know, in, in LA right now, it's, it's Dodger time. Uh, I know Cam is probably a little bit uh, in tune with what's going on. A little bit of work before they uh, try and uh, finish up that sweep of the Baltimore Orioles. Very difficult time of the season for them. Uh, they got the Blue Jays actually coming in to start out the next home stand. Um, but right now in LA, it's uh, there are a bunch of uh, uh, soccer teams that are uh, in town. Real Madrid, Juventus, AC Milan, and Barcelona are all part of uh, you know. The, uh, the North American tours that uh, many European clubs go on over the summer. So uh, in the sports world, that's what's going on in, uh, in California. The Kings obviously have you know, devoted the hardcore fans. But in, in terms of you know, mid-July in Los Angeles, Southern California, they're not fully on the radar, uh, shall we say. Pierre-Luc Dubois is coming to the Los Angeles Kings. And I, I'm sure that was... Uh, uh, met with open arms by Kings fans. So what type of impact do you see Dubois having going into this year? Well, you know, it's, it's a move that is made. The, the team won't really say as much, but it is to help them, you know, compete in the playoffs against a team like Edmonton. They want to match up well down the middle. They had opportunities to uh, to improve several positions. The opportunities or the options, I should say, in goal, where the Kings still have perhaps a question mark, having signed uh, Cam Talbot, um, you know, it, it was more a, a focus on being able to get what they believe was the best player available 
during uh, this uh, this off season. Um, they have the physicality. They know the goal scoring ability. Uh, he is well compensated, uh, having joined Los Angeles as well. But you know, I spoke with uh, Luke Robitaille a couple of weeks ago, and, and he said that uh, you know it was a unanimous decision uh, amongst the, the the front office and those with input on on the trade and personnel, and they're very excited to have him. Um, but again, w- when you look at the big picture, are the Kings better than the Edmonton Oilers right now? I don't think so. Are they better than the Stanley Cup champions uh, in Vegas? I, I don't think so. So it's, it's going to be interesting. It, it, they are a better team. They have made improvements. But, you know, the talk about the West, specifically the Pacific, uh, not being uh, you know up to par the last couple of years, that's no longer true, especially when you throw in the Seattle Kraken, and I think Vancouver should take somewhat of a step forward this coming year. Um, the Kings still look like the third-best team in the division, but Pierre-Luc Dubois is somebody that, uh, you know, assuming that their center depth stays healthy, uh, should continue to drive up uh, the scoring of a team that did take a step forward uh, over the last two years in, in their offensive output. John, not only did they make the move to acquire a, a top-flight center in Pierre-Luc Dubois, but they also re-up with their longtime captain and leader in Anzi Kopitar. They've got Philip Deneau, probably one of the better, if not the best, third-line centermen in the game today. Uh, so I, I wonder how much of the roster construction is influenced by the fact that this is a team that needs to get past a couple of pretty good centers up here in Edmonton, for example. Yeah, absolutely. And also to sustain their success beyond, uh, you know, what you get out of the next, you know, the, the 30, 30 plus age seasons of the two players you mentioned. I mean, Andre Kopitar, you know, he's, he's on the 16th fairway of his career right now. He's somebody that, when you look at him and, of course, signed to, you know, another lucrative three year contract, um, you know, he, he's going to be a player and always has been um, looking like a player that was going to play deep, deep into his, you know, be productive, I should say, deep into his career. He's been unbelievably durable. I mean, he's, he's the king of playing 81, 82 games a year. Um, had, until Drew Doughty broke it uh, two years ago, was the player who had um, um, the most, uh, you know, the, the most consecutive games played uh, as a king in franchise history. Over you know 300 of them, and you know that's a player who you know plays, uh, you know, has playoff games as well uh, attached to his name and goes up against, uh, you know, some of the top centers in the league, um, you know, for, for a decade. I mean, the minutes that he spent against Joe Thornton, against Ryan Getzlaff, just absolutely remarkable how durable he has been in his career. And he showed that again this past year. He had, even by his own standards, a very good season, not just productively, but of course, you know, the two-way game in which he's, you know, perennial, you know, selkie candidate, selkie conversation type center. Um, It's been terrific. The Kings' philosophy has been to be able to bridge the two generations, the, of course, the Dowdy and Kopitar generation and the much younger generation. You know, Philip Deneau turning 31 as well. He's getting a little bit up in age, too, but he's still uh, capable of handing, handling those types of defensive responsibilities and perhaps even those harder than some of the ones Kopitar faces right now. Um, you've seen him log a lot of minutes uh, in your pick, your poison uh, against the Edmonton Oilers centers uh, and Edmonton uh, you know, forwards that he's had to face. But, um, you know, the, the big question when you look at the, at the depth and, and what the Kings will need to be able to to sustain what they're doing and build on the success and not just be a team that loses in the first round of the playoffs, 
Quinton Byfield. We have a number two pick of the NHL draft. You need him, you know, after his uh, his you know, second season, third season after being drafted to score more than three goals in that regular season. So if the Kings aren't able to get more uh, out of Byfield, then they don't have enough offensive punch in the inevitable decline two, three years from now when Andre Kopitar, uh, you know, who turns 37, uh, you know, later this year, 36, excuse me, um, that, that, that what, he, what you're going to be able to get from him. So um, it, it, it's, it's, really hinging on players like Byfield, but of course, you know, those like Adrian Kempe have done a good job at picking up the slack. He's turned into a 40-goal player, an absolute assassin uh, in the Western Conference. So uh, it's a good offensive push, but the question right now is how long are they going to be able to sustain it, what the ceiling is for this coming year. John, you're right. Yeah, you need some contributions from guys that are on entry-level deals. That, and and if they have any sort of impact, it's it's such a bonus. And I'm looking at a guy like Brant Clark, the first-round pick of the Kings in 21, and got nine games in last year before he went to the Ontario Hockey League and and really lit it up with the Barry Colts. You got to watch him a little bit at the start of last season. What do you see for him in what should be his his first full year in the NHL? Yeah, he had about as good of a season as you could expect. Exactly what you wanted from him in a year in which he started in Los Angeles. Absolute star at World Juniors. Uh, and then uh, was able to you know, produce on historic levels in, in the OHL. So um, he'll compete with, uh, with Jordan Spence for that uh, third-pairing right-side defenseman. It should be the player who ultimately ends up there, too. He's shown remarkable remarkable ability uh, of playmaking confidence at the NHL level. Uh, confidence that maybe wasn't quite matched by actual execution when he was getting those nine games uh, as a teenager, but still the raw talent at, at the NHL level, the ability to make plays, create offense, that's all there. I mean, a first-pairing power play type player. Uh, again, how long is it going to take for him to round out all aspects of his game? Uh, so that he has the type of maybe a, a breakout season like you saw this year from Evan Bouchard, uh, a totally different type of player, but someone on Edmonton who, you know, another high draft pick who showed that he wasn't, you know, you look at this Edmonton personnel group, uh, you talk about the stars that they have, the high-profile players, he was as impressive and probably outplayed, um, you know, what was expected of him, you know, at least early on in the playoffs this past year and took those steps forward. Um, so it's it's he's what they need there, but again, the Kings still a little bit right side balanced. They've made some moves to to balance out. Um, you know, they re-signed as well uh, on the left side, Vladislav Gavrikov, who is an absolute good minute eater, all situational type player, character player. I loved him even before he was with Columbus when he was uh, winning a gold medal with the uh, Olympic athletes of Russia team back in the 2018 Pyeongchang Games. Um, another type of player that provides the Kings with a really good top four uh, that goes along with a, a good balance up front. And again, it comes back to the question uh, of goaltending after that. But, you know, Aiden Hill has proven that, uh, you know, who you start the year with, uh, it, it, you know, you need to have that 
you know, 905, 910 save percentage during the year. But when you get into the playoffs, it's who's going to be able to produce that 925 save percentage. So uh, Cam Talbot is the guy for the L.A. Kings this year. And Edmonton fans have a lot of experience having watched him. And uh, it's a position in which the Kings did not make as much of an impact as could have been made, um, you know, as opposed to having, you know, filled out their center depth by acquiring Pierre-Luc Dubois. Chatting with John Rosen from the Forum Report about the uh, LA Kings as we cruise through our Pacific Division previews. Um, one thing that's kind of interesting me here, and, and in Edmonton we talk about sort of the lack of traction for Philip Broberg out of the 2019 draft. The only player who has less games from the top 10 selections played in the NHL so far, uh, less games played than Philip Broberg would be Alex Turcott, who the Kings took fifth overall. John, any, any update on what this player is or is he sort of a, a lost cause now at 22 years old having just played 12 NHL games no points it's, it's still up for debate the signs all indicate that it has it's just not a good fit right now I mean when you talk to his teammates you get really good uh, reviews of him his teammates believe that he's somebody who works hard very strong on the puck good playmaker a good ability uh, you know, below the dots in the offensive zone, a two-way player. Uh, the Kings have tried to trade him. You know, a year ago, he was included in a number of different trade proposals, and there were no takers. This is somebody that had lukewarm support from uh, the coaches in the L.A. Kings organization. And even going back to his time as well at Wisconsin, um, you know, was, was somebody that the older players saw as someone that, um, had his foot out the door already. I mean, that's something that can probably be said about a lot of um, players that seem like one-and-done type players. Um, but again, this this was a player, obviously he was very close with his age group, Trevor Zegris, Cole Caulfield, uh, Cam York, going back to Wisconsin. Um, but it took him some time to really fit in and absorb the professional lifestyle, someone who probably would have been better served by another dedicated year, two dedicated years uh, in NCAA hockey. Um, so it's, it's still up in the air. He'll be one of those players. You bring up needing the, the ELC guys to be able to provide good, competent minutes. He's going to be given every opportunity to be one of those guys, earn his minutes. But so far, this, the results haven't been there. Eye test hasn't been there. And he's going to need to take a step forward to answer those questions that we're all asking of him right now. John, do you foresee the, the Kings doing anything else between now and, and the start of training camp? Uh, it's a team right now that, that is up against the cap. Um, anything that they will do will have to keep the cap, uh, cap space in mind. There has been some speculation, uh, you know, on the L.A. side that those, you know, those down the lineup with, uh, you know, with perhaps commensurate draft, hit, uh, draft uh, excuse me, uh, cap hits, uh, maybe not quite commensurate to, you know, the minutes they provide. Someone like Blake Lazat, who is 1.7 million. Um, he, you know, there were questions whether he would be somebody that's going to be moved, but that's not going to be the case. Rob Blake said that he was someone, uh, to me, he told me that, that he's somebody that is going to factor in to a greater degree in the penalty killing this coming year because uh, of the players that were traded, uh, you know, to Winnipeg, Alex Iafalo, Rasmus Kupari. Those were two regular penalty killers uh, on a unit that did not have great success this past year. Um, so I expect him to continue to get his minutes 
you know, the, the moving they is most likely done. What they had to do was create better balance on the back end so that, you know, Sean Dursey, uh, you know, right-handed playmaking defender, wasn't playing on his offside, something that had a lot of up and downs uh, over the past uh, year and a half or so. Um, he was obviously, he was traded to uh, Arizona to free up additional space to be able to uh, re-sign Gavrikov and bring in Pierre-Luc Dubois. So uh, I don't see a lot of that right now. It's just filling in uh, players on ELCs, making the decision uh, over whether, you know, someone like Andreas England, who was uh, also signed for one year, $1 million uh, to play on the left side, who can provide a little bit of offensive punch, whether he's going to be able to make the team or, you know, would be staffed for a very minimal cap hit, um, uh, given the rise, uh, you know, given, you know, the ability to, what is it, 925000 I think, this coming year, um, to be able to play uh, at AHL Ontario. Um, I don't see them making any more moves. Just It's about fitting in the right pieces, the less expensive players, um, and the guys who have earned their spots uh, from Ontario. Well, John, with the roster being set, I, I want to revisit the goaltending situation just quickly here. I mean, Cam Talbot, Phoenix Copley, and David Riddick not exactly striking fear into uh, the uh, the eyes of opposing shooters, I would think, but it's, it's all a very reasonable dollar value. Level of confidence, in your opinion, for that goaltending tandem or trio, as I suppose you could look at it. Um, obviously, they're all on one-year contracts, so this certainly isn't a long-term plan. But as far as a team who's actively trying to compete with the likes of Vegas and Edmonton for the top of the division, what is your confidence level that this is something that is, is going to be able to sustain them at least for a year until they can maybe uh, address things in a more long-term sense later on? scale of one to ten maybe about a four um <laughs> it, it, it's uh, you know sustain them you know they've they've been to sustain them for another year should other options come up next year i think is a pretty good way to put it the kings have had challenges in that for the last uh, the last two years they've needed to replenish not just uh, at the very top but their pipeline as well um a lot of this was uh, you know part, particularly due to cal peterson having signed a you know three-year 15 million dollar contract and great of a human being as he is uh, and a great as a teammate he was just not able to live up to uh, the goaltending part of it um jonathan quick uh aging um and uh you know a different style of defense from those that he had played with um, when he was uh, much younger in his career so uh, this is a team that has basically flirted and been just below 900 save percentage the last couple years i think the status quo um, is it a low level that there should be some improvement that's expected? Um, the Kings showed, uh, you know, that they do have a pretty healthy team game. Of course, it's not just goaltending that goes into five on five save percentage. It's the health of your team game as well. And the Kings' other, other advanced metrics were awfully good for the past two years. Um, you know, they were, you know, anywhere from about six to eighth or ninth, uh, you know, an expected goals in their direction of play and, and what should be ex- expected of, um, you know, their ability to perform at five on five. The power play took a, a huge step forward this year. So around them, there is a very good group. The defense is improved. Um, you know, up front, they've shown that they can score. Um, but in goal, again, there are huge question marks, really, for the third straight off season. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, Oilers fans know Cam Talbot. Uh, Cam is someone that is obviously a workhorse. Uh, the 
former regime uh, in Los Angeles was actually very high on him back at the time um, when, uh, you know, I believe when he was acquired by Edmonton. Uh, you know, I'd spoken with Dean Lombardi, and, and he thought uh, back, I, I want to say this was the 2015 offseason, um, that, uh, you know, the best backup goaltenders uh, in the league at that time were Martin Jones and Cam Talbot. Um, so it's 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 a huge question mark. I mean, there's no other way to say it. But again, it's the whole Aiden Hill syndrome. Can you win with a guy who you know is able to just catch lightning in a bottle and produce a 9.30 save percentage in the playoffs? Um, but one thing that that the, the Kings weren't high on, I should say as well, they weren't close to really making a move for uh, for Connor Hellebuck. Um, you know. I spoke with Luke, uh, and Luke said that, you know, there was all the speculation, Hellebuck is available. The Kings saw that, that the costs were extremely high. He's 31 years old. You have to sign him for anywhere, you know, between five to eight years, much likely, uh, you know, you know, towards, uh, you know, the latter of that. Um, so the options there, and they did look at Soros last year. I'm not sure if they continued to look around at him early in the summer. Um, it, it just wasn't there for the Kings. And given how much money in the capital state they, they, they absorbed by acquiring Pierre-Luc Dubois, um, they went with the, what they believed is the best option. And someone they did kick some tires on last year as well before they had acquired uh, Eunice Corpusalo um, in, in Camp Talbot. But uh, absolutely the goaltending must improve. And you saw that in the playoff series last year. Corpusalo, who was pretty good in the regular season for the team, was okay uh, in the playoff series between the Kings and Oilers. John, that's great stuff. Really appreciate you taking some time out of your summer, especially your SoCal summer, to chat with Cam and I today, okay? Uh, it's a pleasure of mine. Thank you so much, guys. That is John Rosen. You can find his work looking up the Forum Report. Find out all about the Los Angeles Kings, although that was quite an extensive chat we just had right there. And we are now overdue for a break. But John was uh, our headliner today, so we gave him a little extra time for our friends at Wilhawk Beef Jerky, the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We're back on Oilers Now in a moment. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. <laughs> Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Pacific Division preview continuing on. We've got a bop going right now. Oh, yeah. uh, some guests of the show received gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Chris and Chef Altoff that Oilers Now sent you. 
Mark and St. Albert texting us at 780-496-0063 says, Hey, Brendan, what do you think the likelihood that Evan Bouchard receives an offer sheet, maybe eight, eight and a half million a year from the Hurricanes, the Sabres, or even the Kraken? Very worried we might lose this rock star on the power play. Stoffer was right about his upside. I wanted to trade him last year, says Mark. Boy, was I wrong. Well, I think that there's definitely that potential. Seattle would make the most sense of the three teams that you've listed. Carolina, I think uh, they spend money up front, and that's probably where they need to spend the money more so, especially if they lock themselves into a Vlad Tarasenko deal. I think that might cap them out of the Bouchard offer sheet in theory. But, you know, and and the Buffalo, you got to consider, has drafted Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin first overall. So I, I don't know that you're bringing in a defenseman to play along with those two guys. If you are Seattle, however, and would like to bring sort of a difference maker, maybe a budding superstar into the fold, could that be an avenue you attack to try and, and get somebody that wouldn't otherwise be available? Maybe. I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, we look at uh, what happened with Carolina and Kotkaniemi, and that really, uh, didn't that shake the foundations <laughs> of the National Hockey yeah, League? It, sure it doesn't happen did. often, but when it does, it's it's big news. And uh, we'll be sure to rent out a barn and do the live broadcast featuring each general manager, should it come to that, as <laughs> is tradition on this show. But in the meantime, in the meantime, we'll keep going with our Pacific Division preview. We've got Mike Benton coming up from the uh, Kraken side of things. I think it's the audio network that he is the host of their pre yeah. and, and post game uh, action on so we'll connect with Mike after a global news weather traffic update with Evan Cook.